Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Tuesday, uh, midday. And I'll see if I can uh, do the Haftorah now, trying to be efficient, um, which is, of course, the famous Haftorah of Deborah, Dvorah, and Barak, and Sisera, and all that. Um, today's podcast is being sponsored uh, by a generous sponsor from Toronto, Mel Diamond, who I, I don't know, except through this. I'm pleased to make your acquaintance. And uh, he said he's listening to the podcast, and uh, appreciate the sponsorship very much. That's the Diamonds from uh, Toronto. Now, um, let me say, everybody knows the story, but I don't know if you do, but, you know, more or less, you know, the story of, of Deborah, Dvorah, and Sisra, and all that stuff, I'll talk about in a second. Um, I've been talking lately about rich real estate people, and some people like that, and some people don't like it, which is to be expected, and uh, Deborah is from the rich real estate people, that's the point I want to make. How do I know that? It's a, it's a target Munis, and Rashi brings it at the beginning of the of the story, because I told you, every time it's a medrash or a targum, it's usually coming from some question in the shot. And the way Devorah is introduced to us, which is strange, first of all, she's unique as a woman who was the head of Kali Yisrael, or let's be more accurate, she was the head of Sanhedrin, okay? So if you use modern, you, sh- you know, if we want to be a little bit anachronistic, perhaps, if you use modern yeshiva um, uh, thought processes, so she was the biggest learner. Quote, unquote, she's the best guy in brisk, you know, like that. Something like that. Um, and you'll say it's unusual, it's exception, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that business. And then, um, but otherwise, I mean, she was a Navi, you understand. So it's not simply, so so it's like two, we're told Beferish of two hats that she wore. And the two hats are not identical. I just want to be clear about this. Okay, one hat is that she was a shofetis. He shofetis Yisrael by Sahib. So shofetis sounds, I mean, pashtis, it sounds like she was Nukhosha Mishpat, to use modern terminology. You know, saying those people came to her with cases. She was judging cases. Did she do this, um, what's the right word, formally, informally, it's not really so easy to tell. Um, it's not so easy to tell. I mean, I guess Pashtas, you'd say, she was a Shofit, and, you know, uh, what can I say? Uh, there was a Horosha. Uh, you look at uh, some of the Mepharshim here in the, uh, the uh, Mikras Kedolas. If they say it's a Horosha, then what they're implying is, it's true, she was uh, on the Sanhedrin, and maybe she was the top person in Sanhedrin, and it was Horosha, it was a special case, and the unique circumstances, which we don't know the exact nature of, and Gamarnu. Alternatively, they can say that, and this is equally plausible, although the Mepharshim don't think in these terms, I'm just talking what I think, I'm just telling what I think, and it could be, there was she, Shofet, the Sisro, Be'i, 
um, to use modern terminology, like Borer. You understand? A bo uh, in other words, uh, Zavlo. People came to her because they wanted to come to her. You could have that nowadays. Let's say, for example, I'm just making this up. Two businessmen, Balabatim, get into a, they're signing a contract or making a deal, especially two Jews. They may say, if they wish to, if they wish to, you know, if we have any arguments, let that be this deal, we're going to go to Rebidson so-and-so. You know what I said? Or anybody. Or this guy's wife. Why? She's just very smart. So we're not taking it to Basin. You know we're just not going that route. Now, by the way, the Basin doesn't mind. It's one less case they have to, 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 to worry about. If these two people, both parties, just on their own, free will, say, I'm going to go to Mrs. So-and-so, or this lady, or that guy's wife, or this one's daughter, or something like that, or this Bubby, because she's just very smart, and we like the way she, you know, does these things, and we both honestly bind ourselves to her arbitration, and we're fine with it. We're fine with it. What's What, what did I say wrong? <laughs> What's the problem? You could have that in Baltimore. You could have that in Yushalayim with B'nai Brock. You get it? I don't think it's done much, which is interesting, but it, it could be. Right? There, there's nothing unfrum about what I just said. Uh, a basin is, you know, if, if, if there's no, no other alternative, the basin would prefer if two people, like a Chosha Mishma case, now I'm not talking about a rise and all, I'm not talking about, you know, a, a business deal, a money case, right? A basin actually prefer, listen, if you two guys hold that that drunk in the corner is the best guy to settle and you both agree to what he arbitrates, good. Why not? <laughs> you understand? It's, it's not Lefnir Coast or anything like that. What's the problem? What's the problem? So, it could be that, I'm just speculating here, I don't know, how could I know? That she shoved this Israel Beis Ahib. That she was judging the people because they went to her. And she sat under a tree, so it was all open, like the Chazal say, no Yichud thing. And if you, if you wanted to, you could go to her. And people did. Why would people go to her? Well, the person I'm describing, if what I'm suggesting is true, I repeat, if what I'm suggesting is true, she was very smart in business. She was one of the real estate tycoons. Uh, where do you get that from? It says, he, in other words, almost, I would read it this year almost by way of a, of a sequitur, not a non-sequitur, that she judged the people because she was so successful in business she was smart. In Mila de Alma, people said to her, I want to go there for a logical, you know, uh, uh, sock, as I would say. Maybe sock's the wrong word. You know what I mean? A logical solving of the argument I have with, with the other person over land, over money, over <clears throat> whatever. And so it says, He shoved as Yisrael Baisa, he, the he Yosheves Tachas Tomer Dvoro. She would sit under the Tomer Dvoro under a tree. Bain Haroma, Uvein Baisel, Bahar Ephraim. Now, why the heck do you have to know that? Get it? Why does it have to give you all that information? That's the question. And Rashi refers to the Targumion. So I know the Targumion because I do. I happen to do the Shneimikar Echatar. This is my shtick. I happen to do Shneimikar Echatar on the Naftar also. It's what I want to do. And it says, She sat in a place called Atras Dvora. So it wasn't. So Yosheva's Takas Tomer Dvora, according to this, doesn't mean she sat under a tree. I mean, that's the plain way of reading it. Alternatively, you could say, Yosu of a Karta Ba'atoris Vora. 
that Tomer Dvar was the name of a town, and she lived there. Yosheves talks to Tomer Dvar. He also bekarked about this Dvar. What's shot be harama be neisel? So listen to the Targum Yonason, which you can look up yourself, obviously. He also bekarked about this Dvar. Miss Parnasom Mendila, she was married, but she was the breadwinner. Miss Parnasom Mendila, she supported herself, like it says. You know, uh, uh, what, how, what's the right word? Uh, I don't want you, you know. The wife says, "I don't want to, man. I'll make, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll support myself." You know, he was making uh, forty a year, and she was in the real estate and in the stock market. She was making a million a year, so she said, "I don't want to give the money to you when you support me. I'll take care of myself." Miss Parnasom Mindy Law, she took care of herself financially. Was shot the law because she was a real estate tycoon. She had a Diklimbi Rico. She lived far away from Jericho. But as a real estate investor, she owned trees in Yuriko, which, by the way, uh, in the time of Targionison, Yuriko was famous for the balsam uh, uh, wood and trees. So in other words, it was very high end stuff because they produced a kind of oil which was the, the top line perfume in the ancient world. This is just a fact of the ancient Greco Roman world. So, the law Rico. Pardes in Baramsa, she owned orchards in Roma. Zaysin Ovdin Meshach, Babika Sabeshakya. She had other real estate holdings, which were olive trees, which produced olive oil in Bikas Beshakya, in the valley of Beshakya. So, in other words, she was a shrewd investor, that's all. All is legal. I'm not finished. Uh, and Afar Chiva Batur Malka. And she owned white dust, which I. Apparently, it must have been, you know, some high-ticket item. Okay. Um, Rashi plays around with, with, with what it means. Um, and what do you call it? Uh, that, that Rashi says, Omer Ani Shemokron Asaliyotei Cheres. It was a, a valuable, a financially valuable item. And she owned that in Tormalka, in, in Har Melch. So, Besalkin Levas Bnei Yisrael, Ladino. So by yellow, Israel, but Lamishpat. So and and Mishpat, to me, then would connote financial cases. So in other words, not necessarily Yerdea, you know what I'm saying? Not necessarily Evan Ezer. Maybe you need a din of a Bezdin, maybe you need a man, I don't know, whatever. But Khosha Mishpat, what's the problem? Right? And most of the cases usually in life are Khosha Mishpat cases. People argued over, you know, property, over this, over that, business stuff. And they would all go to her, So it sounds to me like a voluntary kind of business. So you don't even have to say that she was a shofetis. And then you have all the questions, what about Sarara, and this and that and the other. She, you know, was very well known for being a brilliant investor. Like we say today, she's the CEO of, uh, you know, Google or something like that. By the standards of three thousand years ago in Israel, and because of that, Now, separate from that, by the way, that's a very interesting person I just described. I don't think most of us think of Deborah in that way usually. Okay, but she wasn't like a very pious Jewish mother lived a very modest life in a little hovel, and but she was a tremendous tzedakah, and you know, as a result. You know, so because then you ask yourself the question: So where did she learn up? Where did she? Where did she become a bucky bashas? <laughs> you understand? Is she lived that type of a life? But if you say that from the time she was young and on her own, remember she was Miss Parnas and Medila, 
So I don't know her biography. It's not possible to, to recover it. But let's say from a young age, she just came from a family of real estate people or something like that, and she was as shrewd in the business, and she had natural talent. She was Aisha's Lapidus. Her husband was Lapidus, but assuming that was his name. But it's like Aisha's Kyle. She was the boss of Lapidus. You know what I mean? In other words, as they always say, he made kiddish, but she told him when to. <laughs> now, um, in that case, by other people came there because because of her smarts. You know? She said, I went to the basin. I don't like what they poskin, this and that and the other. I don't think they understood the case, blah, 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 as you hear people butching all the time. I go to her, as soon as I say, it was a joint venture, and we had this lawyer, and it was this state law, and she knew immediately, and she settled it, like I say before, Zavla, you know, something like that. It's not even Zavla, it's a one-man, one-woman show. But if both, if they were macabre her, and they meant it, you know, if it's just Vayal Ben Israel and Mishpah, doesn't sound like people came away angry, and, you know, so, uh, 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 sounds like, people were very satisfied with her rulings, and they came again, you see? So it's just very interesting in this regard. So she was a wealthy woman. She didn't go in and uh, potch around the house. She obviously had plenty of maids and masharsim and this and that and the other, which she got honestly, you know, that she was loaded, okay? Now, separate from that, she was a Nevi'ah. That's very interesting. With very Isha okay? Now, you understand, to be a Navi... You don't necessarily have to be rich. Well, maybe I'm wrong. That's a big debate in the Gemara and the Rambam talks about Murnavuch and all the rest of it. Can a person who's poor be a Navi? Um, because they never show her Ella Misha, Ani, Asher, Ben Tovim, and this, and that, and the other. And some people say Asher means Samech Bechalto. A Pashtas, you have to be a rich person to be a Navi. On the other hand, it certainly doesn't sound like the other prophets in the Bible were all richy riches. I mean, one thinks, for example, I don't know, of Amos um, or something like that, who I was a sycamore, uh, uh, you know, tree tender or something like that. So this is a famous debate that's in the Middle Ages, you know. Do you have to be rich to be a, a Navi? But even if you're rich, rich doesn't make you a Navi. It's just, a, what's the right word? A necessary but not sufficient condition. She had to be a Balmadrega, obviously, obviously, to be a Navi. It's very few people get to hit that. So she therefore is a very interesting person. On the one hand, she's obviously totally in it in Mili de Alma, right? She's obviously, you know, totally um, aware of business and real estate and things like that. On the other hand, she it doesn't stare her ruchnius. I mean, she's able to hit the level of Nevoa. So the what results of all this is very classy, get it? The impression you get very classy, that she's loaded, but it didn't ruin her as wealth usually does, because she was. it didn't get in the way of her ruchnius climbing the ladder to Nevoah. So that's just presenting us with a very interesting individual, right? We'll never know her really, but just a very interesting individual. Okay? Now, um, the story goes as we all know, but what's interesting is... Um, my, you know, I was thinking about it. And as we know, she calls Baruch and she says, go fight Sisera. Now, I've talked in the past about the fact that the Jews let the Sisera go big, like the Palestinian thing. I'm not going to repeat all that, even though I always think of it every year. But she goes in and says, go fight Sisera. And as we all know, although the conversation is very stilted, 
Baruch says, I'm only going if you go with me. Right? Which, by the way, could mean very from. I'm only going with, with you because you're a Navi. So I'm not going to fight the enemy, especially when I'm outnumbered by them, unless you're there. I, what about the fact that she's a Navi, she says you're going to win? I mean, if you're real from, if a Navi, I mean a bona fide Navi, says you're going to win, and via, it's going to happen. Yeah, but the emotional is the emotional. When you go into battle, you see 900 chariots, it's a bummer, you know? So, you know, he says, I want you there. Or you could say, as I was just mentioning a minute ago, you command confidence because everybody knows you're the CEO of Google. You're the CEO of Microsoft. You're a Gavarabba. You're a woman, but you're Gavarabba. And uh, you will offer intelligent help to us in the battle. I mean, I know you're not going to go and physically fight, but a person like you, who's so smart, in Mili de Alma, you can probably give us good advice on how to position the army, when to launch the attack, what strategy to use, and all that kind of business. Uh, which is very logical. It could be. And what does she say? She says, well, you should have gone without me. But if you... But I'll go. But Ephes Kilosia Tefartal You won't get glory. Right? Now, was Baruch looking for glory? Sounds like it. Let's put it this way. If he's super duper from... Right? If he's super duper from... Would you say, I'm doing Lishma? Right? But that's, you know, too much to expect. Uh, she's trying to egg him on, and she'll say, listen, you'll, you'll be the conqueror of Sisra. But now, it won't happen. So the way we usually read this is that uh, the victory will be mine. Right? The victory will be mine. Um, because they'll say Dvorah beat him. It would have been that Baruch beat him, and she did go with him. Now, she's a nice person. And in the Song of Victory in Shiraz Dvora, she said, you know, she includes Barak. That's classy, get it? It's just classy. She may have been the main person, but she gives him the glory also. That, which, is a, which is a wonderful uh, phrase. I don't want to get into the halachi stuff. But uh, she sang, you know, if you want to play that game, you say, how could they sing together? But, uh, and, and incidentally, the Targum Yonas is aware of that, and therefore he translated V'shabachas They praise God. They want to say Chastrachim, they sang together. What do you think? It's, it's mixed dancing, you know? But, uh, but, but if you want to be exact, V'toshar is Loshen Yochid. So she sang or she did it, but Ubarak Benavim, she throws him in. And all throughout the Shira's Dvorah, every once in a while, she stoops in uh, Barak to give him the credit. That's just classy. You understand? Because she could say like this, I did it. And there are a few Sukkim that say, Acha Kamti Dvorah, I did it. But it's also true that she, you know, she uh, uh, give, gives him a pat on the back. Uri Uri Dvorah, Uri Dabashir, Kum Barak, Shavi Shavi Chaben Aminom. You know, you could, you could read it like that. That's usually the way we read it. But, as we all know the story, it might mean something else. And this, the Meshachachma, points out long ago. If you look at this week's parish, the Meshachachma has a little bit on the, on the Haftorah. 
And he said like this. Listen closely. She says to Bark, you want me to go with you? I'll go with you. You won't get the glory. It is through a woman that God will sell out Sisera. Meaning Yael will kill him, not you. If you had had full confidence in my Nevuah, you would have gone to the battle and you would have caught Sisera. You wouldn't have been able to run away. And you would have busted his skull. And you would go down as the Sisera killer. Right? But because you didn't have confidence, so, and you waited for me and this, that, and the other, so uh, Hashem will arrange it that he'll produce a, a Yael and she'll kill Sisera. That's how the Meshachachma learns it, which is a bit cute. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a little bit, uh, uh, not the usual way of learning it, but it fits very nicely. And it's, it's just a little bit of a different way of looking at it. And that's fine. Okay? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Now, the thing is, the story of Yael has always been uh, problematic for the rabbis of the Talmud. It's the same way like Esther. You understand? What shot did she be with a guy in this? Is it okay? Is it not okay? Uh, Yael and Esther are the two cases. By Queen Esther, it pretty much almost says it befairish. You know, Esther became the queen, and it's pretty clear that she was having beer with the king. Uh, so the Gemara in Sanhedrin and else place always talked about Esther before Hesyahavi and so forth, and it's a, one of the classic sugyas of uh, of the big three, you know, Yahargbal Yavri, Yahargbal Yahari. And Esther Karkaolam and all that business. What about Yael? Um, not so much discussion. And it's not clear. And one of the reasons is the story the story itself being from the time I showed it to him is very obscure. Let me put it this way. Is Yael Jewish or not Jewish? Is Yael Ashes Kani? Who the heck are the Kani? Well, there's the Kani, the Kinesi, and the Kadmoni. Those are Canaanites. Right, they're from the peoples of Canaan. You tell me, no, they're not. They're not from the seven nations of Canaan. There's more than seven nations of Canaan. The seven nations of Canaan are the ones in the area of Palestine that the Jews conquered at the time of Joshua and so forth. But there are people north and south of that, which God promised to Abraham is is a Kenya, a Kinesivis, a Kadmoni. Uh, right? And, then, and this is the Arab worry that in the time of Mashiach, the Jews will take over Syria and things like that. Because Abraham was promised not only the, you know, Kanani, Mori, Prizi, Busi, Girgashi, and all that stuff, but also the Kenyan, Kinesi, and Kanmoni. So is Yael a Canaanite also? That would be funny. Sisra is a Canaanite. Sisra so is a Canaanite. Yavin, he's a general of Yavin, Melchad, sorry, of the Canaanim. So, um, you know, you could play with that. But on the other hand, the Canaanites sound like they're from Yisro. That's what many say. In which case, what exactly are they? Are they Jewish or they're not Jewish? It's, 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 it's hard to tell. And because of this, in the rabbinical literature, it's hard to tell. So, and the story is very obscure. And when I say the story is obscure, I mean they're competing rabbinic sources. There are some places that say that um, she didn't have beer with him at all. Um, the Gemara says that, but there are other, there's uh, Midrashim, uh, Tanabel Yo. And so forth. All it says is v'tachasei b'smicha. She covered with a blanket, so you could learn. You know, some do that. Uh, she covered him with a blanket. And that was it. She just got him sleepy 
with the boot with the with, with the milk and all that stuff, and then she busted his head open. So okay, uh, there's the Alcott, you know, that says this, there are three people in history, and she's one of them that that avoided sin. Joseph and Yala, and I forget the third one. You know, they could have done it. It was right there, like Joseph and Putty for his wife, and Yala and Sistra and whoever the third one was, but they didn't. So it sounds like nothing happened. On the other hand, you have Gomorrah in the Talmud Bible. It says she did it. She did it seven times, actually. Kara, Shachav, this, that, and the other. So she did it with a bunch of times. Mind you, she did it to weaken him and get him to sleep. As soon as he fell asleep, she killed him. So it wasn't just she was having, you know, having an affair with him. It was the opposite. It was all, if I can use the expression, lishma. Okay? But on the other hand, are you allowed to do that? This has always been very tricky. And there are many Sfarim and Mepharshim that like to go that route. There's a certain type of, of safer out there. And I like it, so, you know, when I'm in the mood. There's a certain type of safer that views everything from what you call Pilpul Halakhti. You understand? You know, did Yahweh hold like the Ravid or the Rambam or the Rajpa and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's very cute. If if you got to be in, the, in that state of mind. Uh, others learned that she was Jewish. So all I can tell you is, there are competing sources out there in Chazal. Uh, there's a famous Chazal, there's nine people, and she's one of them that were not Jewish. You know? uh, it's just interesting. Now, if she's Jewish, she got the same problem with Queen Esther. Right? Uh, how can you do it? It's, it's, it's Gil Arias. Now, Pashib Shot, but it's, I shouldn't even use the word Pashib Shot over here, but, you know, I will. Pashas, you can always say like this. She held that you could do it. <laughs> Whether she was right or wrong, they're telling you that she could do it. And there is the sheet of um, Rabbeinu Tom that many people are familiar with because they learned that Tosas at the beginning of Exubus and a couple other places. It's the same, it's the same Tosas. And, um, you know, Zirmas, Susim Zirmasam. Basically, a guy doesn't count. Be with a guy doesn't count. Mamish doesn't count. Mamish does not count. And so... Here's a guy, she, from a technical perspective, she wasn't over in the Gilarayas, because Zirma Susan Zirmosam, uh, that's the sheet to Rabbeinu Tom. Uh, it's a very famous story, I mean, I'm doing it by heart now, but, uh, you know, there was a girl in France at the time of Rabbeinu Tom, she must have been something, she must have been some number, because she was married to a Jewish guy, she ran off with a guy, ran off with a guy, a Frenchman, um, okay, that could happen. Then, after she was living with the guy, <laughs> she decided to return to Judaism, and she was such a number, she she captivated him. And so, the lady and the guy came back to Judaism, where they wanted to, and wanted to be, not only that, but they, they wanted to get married. And, uh, you understand what I'm saying? without her divorcing the first husband. And by the time the whole story's over, Abenu Tom, I mean, it's just like, this is a movie, like a miniseries. By the time it's over, Abenu Tom saw like this. Okay, obviously got to divorce the first husband. Maybe he divorced her right away when she ran off with a guy. I mean, it's totally hearable, understandable. Um, and now, you'll tell me like this, but how could she marry a guy? She had beer with the Frenchman, while she was still married to the first guy. Unless you say 
it's only with, if she would have fear with a Jew. Since it was with a guy, so then there wasn't halakhically prohibited. And now this guy can be Maguire. And I hate to use the expression, they all live happily ever after. But that's that's more or less what comes out of that Rebbeinu Tom. So you can always say like this. Yael held like Rebbeinu Tom. <laughs> right? Tosis challenges it. As many are familiar, the Revolm and the others, you know. And they say, we don't pass away, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe Tosis didn't pass away. Maybe they did. And to be t- and to tell you the truth, if you go that way, I'm giving you a Dvar Torah if you need it. I wouldn't exactly say it's Dvar Torah at the, at the <laughs> Shabbos table, <laughs> you know. But uh, in the right circumstances, you know, maybe Shalsha. I don't know. It depends who you are, what your crowd is. But uh, what do you call it? You, 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 Devorah praises her. Minoshem ba'ol tevarich. Right? Minoshem ba'ol tevarich. And the Chazal say she's greater than Sar Rivka Rachaleya. That's pretty high praise. In which case, that would be Devorah saying like this. We passing on Rebbeinu Tom. That would be Devorah as the first way that she was learning and she was on Sanhedrin and all this kind of stuff. We're passing on Rebbeinu Tom. I'm the, the Navi this generation. I'm the Posig in this. I'll say she was the Posig. Are we passing in like a banner town? At least in this case, right? A posse can do that. And the reason was because the Hatzalas call Yisrael. There's such a svara that they bring that, you know, there's exceptional case like Queen Esther was a Hatzalas call Yisrael. It's a famous Marik. It's all Bavusta stuff, you know. Is a, uh, the Marik was the big posting in Italy in the 15th century. She so had one of the cases that popped up from time to time in which. Um, he had what he called the Robin Hood Shiloh. That a whole bunch of Jews were going somewhere and they got jumped by a Robin Hood type of band and they might kill everybody. And the wife of one of the Jews said, I guess if I come on to this guy and I seduce him, he'll be in a good mood to let us all go and live. Otherwise, he'll kill us. And that's what she did. And then the Shiloh was, after it was all over and they came home, is that considered having Znus? And she's now uh, an adulteress and she has to divorce her husband. Which sound counterintuitive. She saved his life. She saved the life of the whole group there. And let me tell you something. The Marik said, yes, yeah, you do have to get divorced. It's a, it's a very famous Marik. You do have to divorce. And the Marik says something like this. I'm going by heart over here. He said, you did do a mitzvah. No question about it. So in other words, your motives were noble, but the consequences cannot be avoided. Uh, I think he said, because Mola Malba Ishto, that there's a, something called Me'ilah B'Isha. Oh, I don't get too technical. Um, you see, therefore, the story of, of Yal is always problematic. Again, I'm looking here in the Mesha Chachma. He pays, he's pretty stark. He says, not like I just told you, not like Rebbein Tom. He says, Yael did it, and she did a big mitzvah, but it's like the Marek, she had to get divorced. And therefore, Me'noshin Ba'ol Tavarach means she's kicked out of you know, she's kicked out of the, the, the Ohel. You get it? Meaning she got divorced her husband. Again, she did a noble thing. She saved the Jews from Hitler, from Sisera, and all that was a positive, but she had to pay the consequences. It's a pretty machmer approach over here, right? And um, he, he, he said, you know, it's, it's over here somewhere, and, you know, and she, and, and tough luck on her. Right? She yotsa me ohel v'nesra l'chavar b'ayla. That's what he says. And that's probably, you know, the way the Marik or somebody would do so if she was Jewish. It's If she's not Jewish, you have a whole different standard. 
So um, it's impossible to disentangle all this. And anyway, we know that um, Devorah is praising her, Yael. And so I guess if you're the Marik, you have to say like this. You're praising her, but you lost her to your husband. <laughs> like that. Uh, if you, if you want to have a happy ending, you can always say, like I said, you know, by, by Queen Esther also, that, um, and again, I'm only scratching the surface. You know, it's, it's a deep subject, but this will take an hour. All right? It'll take an hour. So I just want to make this short. It's already uh, over time. Uh, I would make this point, you know, she, uh, if if you say, let's just say like the, what's his name, like the uh, Meshach Chachma, for example, like the Marik, she had to get divorced from her husband. Okay, so she divorced him. Can they can they live together as husband and wife, so to speak, without Chopa Kedushin, assuming that there was such a thing? Uh, yeah, that's what they did in the Gzeris Ostreich that I spoke about before. When you look in the uh, Darkie Moshe brings it down, and it's in the Maril, that famous case in Vienna in 1420, when all these women found themselves in the, in, in the Gezer of that time, and many were violated, and some of them were seduced, and this A, A B, C, D, F, and G. By the time it's all over, at least in the opinion, this is brought down in the Dark Emosha, he says that the Gedolim were matter them all to uh, to uh, stay with their husbands. So, based on Afkin or Vonle Kedushimine, so uh, you could say that that's what Devar is saying. It's not, or Amon Sanhedrin will be mafkia the Kedusha, and therefore you weren't married, and you know at the time you did it, and now you get married, and so on and so forth. And oh, so what about a coin? Now that wouldn't be a problem by Yael. She's not married to a coin, so I don't even have to pursue that. I could just simply say Afkin or Vonle Anyway, like I said before, just having a little bit of fun. It's not a funny story, but it's a very famous and controversial incident and how it should be uh, regarded in, in, in the rabbinic literature. Now that I just whetted your appetite, if, if you're that type, you can go and pursue this uh, more thoroughly yourselves. With that, once again, I want to thank the Diamond family from Toronto, Mel, Mel Diamond, and family, and wish everybody a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.